Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Thank you all for hopping on for another awesome episode. Uh, I have yet another CEO who's decided to uh, take some time away from his or her very busy schedule uh, to come on uh, with us today. Um, This is a brand that has been around and that many of you know very well. Uh, They do have quite a footprint around the United States. So I think that um, you guys will be intrigued to hear a bit more about what makes this next CEO uh, tick. So in addition to that, before I do get... Um, involved in the interview today, I do want to spotlight something that I have been talking about for the past couple of weeks, and that is, of course, the IFA convention. Uh, unfortunately, it will not be in person this year. Uh, I really do wish that I was going to Vegas uh, next month as opposed to sitting in the frozen tundra that is Chicago, but uh, that is life right now, unfortunately. Uh, but I am really excited to talk a bit about the virtual conference. Uh, it is going to be you know, two weeks of action-packed content uh, with six days that are going to be you know, the primary days that people are going to be able to hop on and listen to awesome general sessions and, and, and really great panels and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about that, please go to franchise.org and check out the IFA convention 2021 to learn a little bit more. Uh, if you do have questions, uh, feel free to reach out to Ryan and myself, and we are more than happy to direct you in the right direction. Uh, and so really excited to see you all on there. I know that I'm registered for it, and I hope to see you there as well. All right, folks, uh, just one more announcement before we dive in today, uh, and that is about, of course, uh, franchise franchisors.com's uh, fr- franchise switchboard. I know that we've been talking about this for many, many months, but, uh, but of course, we still have the pandemic going on. So there are still people that are being displaced uh, by COVID-19 uh, layoffs and COVID-19 furloughs. And so please go, please, please, please go enjoy the join the Facebook group and also go and check us out on franchisors.com. Uh, this is free of charge. Uh, you can go on there and you can post uh, about yourself with your resume. And in addition to that, you can post some jobs as well. So please go and check that out if you have not done that already. All right, everybody. Uh, really excited for our next episode today. Uh, this next gentleman is somebody that, you know, I, I, I didn't realize I was going to have the ability to interview the CEO, but it's always nice uh, when I do um, accidentally fall into this situation. So I'm really, I'm really excited uh, that this next gentleman really took the time to speak with me today. Um, I have uh, the CEO of Mathnasium. I have Shant Asarian on with us. Shant, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, uh, and, and I, and as I always say, folks, I am always really worried that I'm going to butcher the name, but I think I may have stuck that landing with a little bit of hesitancy, but I think I did it. Uh, really appreciate you suffering through that, first of all, and also uh, joining us today. Um, really excited to learn a little bit more about the brand. I know quite a bit about it, but I do want to hear a bit um, about the founding story just to frame things up and then uh, to also, you know, discuss, you know, your involvement in the brand and how that really got started. Sure, I'm. I'm excited to share uh, a bit about Mathnasium with with you, the history and where we are now and where we're going. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that it would really be helpful for people just to frame up the conversation, just to hear a bit about the founding story. We'll start with that, and then how you know the involvement that you had in the brand over the years as well, and how that got how that got started. Okay, sounds good. So, Mathnasium was uh, founded by Peter Markovitz and David Olendorf. And they partnered with Larry Martinick, who 
is a longtime educator and accomplished math education consultant in Los Angeles. Peter and David had founded a, uh, a learning concept teaching children how to use computers back in the 90s. And they identified in supplemental education that you know, math took a large portion of the market. Uh, the demand, there was quite a bit around math specifically. And they had identified that there's, there was no, no supplemental education provider that was focused only on math. And so the idea came about with Peter and David to launch a brand that only focused on math, that everything we did, it was around teaching math to children. And they knew Larry and uh, partnered with Larry in opening the first learning center in Westwood, California. That was in 2002. And they started franchising in 2003. So David Ollendorf and Larry Martinick, they worked on the education together. They established the Mathnasium method. Uh, Peter focused on the business model and he focused on franchising. And together they, they came up with a model that, that's relatively low cost, but the return on investment, the potential return on investment is quite high. So it's quite a uh, ingenious business model. Um, they worked on our proprietary education materials and the business operations, advancing them with collaborating with our franchisees. Refinement and, refinement and advancements has continued and still continues. And at this point, we've matured such that the investments we make now are about being cutting edge in all respects of the business. We've attracted educators, engineers, professionals, business people. Um, but so franchisees from, from all parts of, of professional life have been attracted to Mathnasium. But the common denominator with all of them is the passion that they have for educating kids. And so um, I, I'm happy and proud to say that we've got an amazing network of franchisees uh, as part of Mathnasium. A little bit about yeah. how I got involved. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I was in public accounting before joining Mathnasium. I was working for Grant Thornton, which is one of the world's largest public accounting firms. I spent seven years there and I was a manager at the time, I decided that my long-term career path was not to stay in public accounting. So while still working, I, I started my MBA um, at, at USC here in Los Angeles. And I started uh, speaking with recruiters, putting my resume out there. Um, and so I felt that I, I prepared myself and then God provided the opportunity and connected me with Mathnasium. And so um, through recruiters, uh, I got involved with Mathnasium, but I, you know, the story of how I got involved isn't that exciting. I really think why I've stayed with Mathnasium is more informative. And so if, if I may talk about why I've stayed all these years, um, pretty early on when, when I started, I started in 2010, we had less than 200 locations. And so early on, I got involved with operations. I had come in as the company's controller overseeing our finance and accounting operations, but quickly started overseeing other parts of the business, IT, HR, um, and just got involved overall operationally, uh, working with Peter on strategy. So there were a lot of fundamentals that needed to come in order in those early years, which uh, I played a pretty big role in. I finished my MBA in 2012 and took over as the company's chief operating officer. Um, and it's, it's really exciting to see that a lot of the work I've been involved in and a lot of projects that I've initiated have taken a life on of their own and they live beyond my involvement. We've got an amazing group of people throughout the organization. We've got amazing franchisees. 
our franchisees, like I said, they're not only educators. We've got the doctors, lawyers, engineers, business people. Some of them have, uh, some of our students, in fact, have become our franchisees now. Um, and so it's really exciting to, to work with these folks and the caliber that they are and the professionalism and the intelligence that they bring to the table. That's one advantage of franchising is you get to work with such a large and diverse group of people and the brain trust that gets created that one can take advantage of is just uh, incredible. Um, like I said before, the common denominators are all passionate about teaching kids and, and doing well for their communities. And so working with such outstanding people is, is a big advantage. Um, you know, best of all, what we do is very meaningful. We help hundreds of thousands of kids every year. Mathnasium is now old enough to have former students who are doctors, engineers, various professionals, business people. And like I said, we even have students that have become franchisees of ours. Um, I'm convinced that one day we're going to have a president that was at some point a former Mathnasium student. So in this way, by helping the kids today reach their potential, we're really helping shape the future generation uh, for the better. And all of this, that's why I stayed with Mathnasium actually approaching 11 years now. It's, a, it's an incredible brand. What we do is amazing. The people I work with within our home office team and with the, the network of franchisees, an incredible group of people. And so uh, it's, it's really been a, uh, an exciting career thus far, and I'm looking forward to, to being with Mathnasium for, for a long time. Wow. Well, I appreciate you going through that because I think that it really, you know, illustrates, you know, the, the the founding history and then how you really got involved and the impact that you've made on the brand and the impact you've made on children who, you know, you said it yourself, obviously um, are, are now franchisees in some ways, which I think is, you know, a testament to, you know, the staying power that you guys have and really the impact that you've made on people around the world. So I think it is um, I, I think it is really amazing to hear all about that. And I think this kind of bleeds into my next question here a bit about, you know, how you guys are differentiating from others in the children's education space. Obviously, when you guys got started, you guys were truly one of the pioneers um, in the segment. But now the segment has um, grown quite a bit um, into a lot of different facets. There's, there's, the, there's a lot of the steam brands and all that great stuff. You know, how are you guys finding that you're able to still differentiate from others? in the children's education space. Yep, yeah, you're right. You know, um, pioneer in the sense of focusing only on math and having that concentration on one subject that was unheard of back in the early 2000s when Mathnasium launched. Um, you know, the big brands, Sylvan, Huntington, Kumon, uh, everyone offered multiple subjects. And Peter and David were told multiple times that no, you'll fail by only focusing on just math. You're, you won't succeed. The market's too small. But they proved them wrong. Those those um, those people who thought that way, Peter and David definitely, and Larry, of course, they proved them wrong. And math only is a, a large part of the supplemental education market. And so by focusing on one subject, by specializing, you're, you're able to achieve incredible results. So I like to use the analogy of um, if you've got a heart problem and you have to have heart surgery, you're going to go to a doctor that only does operations on hearts and, and nothing else. And they know hearts, uh, you know, like, like no other. You're not going to go someone, to someone that operates on, uh, I'm being silly now, but operates on feet and hands and then have that person do uh, an operation on your heart. So um, if you need help with math, 
then all we do is math. And everything we design and build is about teaching math. Um, that goes from how our centers are designed. Our proprietary education materials are designed to work with our proven teaching methods. Our teaching methods themselves, they're specifically developed to teach math in a way that we know kids can understand and it's proven to be effective to facilitate their understanding. The instructors we hire, they're trained to teach math using our techniques and using our materials. They're specifically trained to teach how we teach and what the systems that we've developed. Um, by design, we pay particular attention to the emotional and intangible aspects of teaching because education and teaching is not only about the technical knowledge. There's a lot of emotion that, that gets involved. Oftentimes, kids are turned off to math because uh, of, of interactions they've had around math. Maybe they've been embarrassed by a teacher. Maybe they've been told over and over again, you're just not wired for it. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as being wired for math or naturally good. Math is something that needs to be understood. And everyone, practically everyone, can be taught and uh, understanding can be achieved. So we don't believe in, in kids not being wired for math. So, but that emotional aspect is important. And to be really effective with, with teaching, you can't ignore that. It can't be all about the technical knowledge. The, the emotional side has to be taken into account. And that's part of our design, too, consciously speaking. Um, we have a reward system that encourages learning and also helps make the experience fun. That's really, really important for our organization is for the children to have a very good learning experience. And to make it okay for someone to take longer to understand or, uh, or to explore and make mistakes, um, it, it, it goes to building confidence it goes to building self-esteem. And again, this goes back to the intangible aspects of, of teaching. And so we have a reward system in place, but um, all of these processes and these things to think about, they're all built by design and they really contribute to our effectiveness. In short, we're obsessed with teaching math and providing the best experience possible holistically. Um, so it's very difficult for anyone else to come close when you've, you've got such focus and obsession around one thing and and that's why we believe that we stand out and why we're so effective absolutely i think that there that's certainly a lot of reasons and i think that the reason that i enjoyed the most is that your founders decided that something that a lot of people told them that they couldn't do they really i i guess they I guess they, they re-upped on it multiple times over the course of, you know, your early history. And I think that it goes to show that you guys truly stuck to your laurels and it worked out pretty well for you guys, as I'd, I'd like to say. So I, I believe that, you know, many people think that having more SKUs rather than less is going to be the name of the game, but you guys are really making the opposite bet and your success has been well-documented. So I think that it is, um, it is interesting to hear that perspective because it's often the opposite in franchising yet, you know, there is a way to be successful for both. So I love to hear that. I think it's a very interesting take that you have. And I think um, what I would like to dive into a little bit more um, is the idea behind how your industry was changed due to COVID, right? I think that that's something that, you know, I'm sure many people can say there were a lot of changes, but education for children was hard in 2020. It was really hard and it still is now. Um, 
how do you how and why do you guys believe it's an industry still worth investing in you know during the times that we're in right now hopefully the light is at the end of the tunnel but you know seeing as you're in california i feel like that you may have a different perspective on that than i would of course but um overall you know how has the industry been affected by COVID 19 and you know why do you guys believe that you know the children's education space and specifically mathnasium is still worth investing in yeah you bring up many good points it's um these are unprecedented unprecedented times and maybe that's even an understatement and unfortunately children have been hit hard in uh in multiple ways and it's not only about um the learning loss that has taken place and continues to take place frankly speaking um the kids not being in school and i'm, I'm speaking from from personal experience with with my kids it's beyond the learning they're away from their friends they're away from their the life that they're used to and and that's a big deal this is uh regardless of how how young we're talking um in, in even up through high school this is a very important time in life for these young people and, and children it, there's a lot of development that happens and a lot of it has to do with um being with other other people of their age and beyond like I, like i said the technical learning losses there the losses are are actually going to be very difficult to estimate around the intangibles around the social the emotional the um the stress levels with kids we take it for granted they get stressed out too um so it's a big deal and for education specifically uh teaching online continuing to teach online has been uh, a big deal in this in this time mathnasium already had an online delivery platform um and so we were in the process of deploying that platform to our franchisees to to make mathnasium a combination of online and in center depending on what parents want depending on mm -hmm. what their convenience is and so we've replicated what we do in person online um and we were rolling that platform out and early on when early on in the pandemic really when the uh we saw the, the outbreak in washington in the state of washington we knew we had to accelerate our rollout and so we started the acceleration and um, when the pandemic really took hold in in the middle of March, we basically made our made this platform available to all of our franchisees and all of their employees. And we quickly trained everyone um, on how to use it and the best practices around it. And we had to technically scale up the platform's capacity. So in a matter of weeks, uh, we, we deployed this to our entire franchise network, got everybody trained, and all of our franchisees were up and running online. Um, and when I say up and running online, we didn't scramble to put something together with Zoom. It wasn't uh, some, you know, reaction, reactionary move. We, we had already for years been developing how we're going to teach online and the tool that we're going to be using. And for us, it wasn't a matter of figuring out how to do it. It was just a matter of quickly getting, uh, getting it deployed to all of our franchisees. And so we did. And that went a very long way to keeping, um, to keeping our, our education going, to continuing the service to, to the kids and families who are our customers. So that was our experience. And 
Now most of our centers are open and we have a combination of kids electing to come into the learning centers and learn in person. Uh, and we still have many that are continuing with our online platform. So online education is here to stay. We don't yet know how it will, you know, the proportions, how that will settle, but it's here to stay. And why invest in franchising? Uh, it's it, opening any business. It has tremendous risk. But when you when you engage in a business that has already proven processes, has already a brand reputation established, um, the learning curve has has been you know you've progressed already along the learning curve. That that goes a long way in reducing risks. And so, franchising, whether it's in food or it's in education or other services. Um, it's, it's a great way for someone to start their own business, take control of their own livelihood and, and do whatever they're passionate about and do it in a way where the risks of opening a business from scratch are, are significantly mitigated. They're not eliminated, but they're significantly mitigated. And I would definitely encourage anyone looking into franchising to make sure that they do their due diligence because there are many, many, many franchises out there, um, and some are, many are better than others. So having a prospect do their due diligence is, is very important to make sure that you end up working with a franchise that's right for you, that is going to meet your needs, and, and that you have confidence entering into the business. But it is a great way to reduce risks, and um, obviously with COVID now, uh, uncertainty is is higher and risks are higher as a result. Um, and it becomes very even more important to 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 get into businesses trying to reduce the likelihood of things going wrong or one having to figure things out themselves and not having support. Oftentimes, I mean, all the time, franchises also provide support with their with their own personnel, but among the network of other franchisees, you have you have tremendous support and opportunity to learn from one another. If you go off on your own, um, you're on your own. You're going to have to find a support structure. You're going to have to find those people that can advise you. But that all comes with franchising. So it's a really a great way to to get into business for yourself. I couldn't agree more. I think it's always really nice to hear the perspective from somebody who. Um, of course, is uh, is is shepherding uh, quite a brand uh, within franchising. You know, in terms of your perspective on why franchising makes sense to dive into, and specifically, you know, you know how the industry changed, and to instill some confidence in people that are looking to invest. And I think that that leads me to my next question, which is, of course, about franchise development. And I'm sure that that changed um, quite a bit. You know, what is your team seeing on the ground as it relates to the interest and what is uh what what is what are compelling people to get involved in your space right now? What are they saying and what are they hearing? And you know, what is your team talking about as it relates to you know some of the advantages of of getting involved at this current moment? Is it you know some of the some of the real estate um, advantages that you may have in terms of it being a little bit cheaper than it normally would be? Uh, it could be you know about the idea that kids still need to learn no matter where they are, and that you know having that having that name that Mathnasium carries is uh, certainly um, 
certainly helps rather than hurts. So talk a bit about that in terms of your franchise development side of things and how that fared over the course of the pandemic. Sure. Um, brand reputation, confidence in a brand is, is more important now than, than ever in, in times like this. When you're looking to invest, you want to be investing in something that uh, you maximize your, your confidence that your investment will be safe and it will grow. Um, so that brand reputation is, is a very big deal. Uh, so we, and, and that's where the franchisees that came on board during 2020, um, we heard that, yes, you know, there's, there's uncertainty around what's happening in the world, but there's confidence in Mathnasium and there's confidence in Mathnasium's um, capability and in appreciation by its customer base and potential customer base. So that went a long way um, for our new franchisees to overcome the uncertainty that exists in these times to go ahead and proceed and become a franchisee and, and open up their, their learning centers or start their operations. Um, from a process standpoint, our biggest change was discovery days not being in person and practically everyone, I think, had to go into a, a, a virtual discovery day. Um, and so we did as well. It, you know, we took a, uh, an eight hour discovery day where franchisees would come to our offices in Los Angeles, meet us in person. We would take them to the original learning center, Westwood, and, and spend a day together. We had to condense that to three hours, um, because we can't expect people to be sitting in front of a computer for eight hours. So that forced us to, to become very polished and very precise in what we want to communicate, um, and maximize the information and the key points uh, during that three-hour period. And it's, it's worked well. And when we come back into the office and have discovery days again, I think we're going to be much better off. Um, so despite the circumstances uh, and the handicaps, we, we still awarded over 40 new franchises uh, in 2020. And, and that's exciting. Um, and we've got a lot of great people who have come on board and, and they've, they've seen that life will continue. They, they see that children are going to need more help now than ever before. Um, there have been studies in, in, in recent months that have quantified the learning loss, especially around math, to be about three months. And so that's a lot of ground that needs to be made up. And, and parents are going to be looking for, uh, for assistance in making up that ground. And so um, all of our, all of the supplemental education providers are going to have a big opportunity. I, I think Mathnasium will have an incredible opportunity for those families that are specifically seeking assistance for math. And our, our new franchisees, our prospective franchisees understand this. And that's why they're, they continue being interested in Mathnasium. And for the folks that did become franchisees in 2020, they, they have the confidence in the brand and they understand, um, the likely demand that's increase in demand that's coming our way. And they wanted to um, get on board and get ahead and, and be ready to, to take advantage. And uh, I don't necessarily like that word because it sounds a little bit malicious, but no, to, um, to be ready to serve their communities um, as soon as they're open, you know, there's confidence that people are going to, uh, to come to Mathnasium and, and try and get caught up before the new school year starts. Yeah, I think that uh, n number one, I will say as a as as a PR professional in my day job, that was a 
that, that, that was definitely a good pivot to say, certainly not malicious, of course, but I think that taking advantage um, in a sense that I think that there is a lot of people that need the help right now, because I think that that is a staggering number, by the way, that three months that they lost um, just from you know the pandemic, which I think is not something I actually knew, but it makes sense in the long run. And I think that there really is there is an opportunity for you guys to be able to give back to your community, as you said, um, to be able to help people, you know, get through, you know, the learning challenges that they may have um, come across. I know personally that, you know, math was something that was not my favorite growing up either. So I can only imagine if I were, you know, if, if I were um, school age right now and I had to deal with the pandemic, um, that would not be fun. So I think that you guys would certainly be a candidate for my services, I would imagine, um, if it were me as well. So I do certainly understand that. And I think that, it makes sense that your team would be um, would be motivated to be able to give back to these communities by, you know, trying to um, have as many entrepreneurs, you know, become interested in giving back um, as possible. Because, of course, as we said, franchising is not always about money. It's about, you know, being able to give back to the community, too. So I think that it's important to hear that you guys certainly believe in that idea as well. Now, um, there is something that you touched on a little bit earlier, but I do want to dig into it a little bit more. Um, there is some um, methodology that you guys have as it relates to how you teach math. And I think that that's something that's yeah. worth going into. Um, but I think that, is there anything else that we want to discuss as it relates to technology? Because I know you talked about the virtual classes that you have, and it was something that you guys have had for a long time. But is there anything else you want to cover as it relates to technology and some of the, you know, the special ways that you guys teach math um, as opposed to others um, in the space? Yeah, I'll comment a little bit about technology. Um, it is an area that we make heavy investments in. About one fifth of our of our team is is IT actually, and they are predominantly working on the technology that we deploy in our learning centers. Um, so we believe that uh, humans are the best teachers. We don't believe in software teaching children. Um, software may go a long way on, on the technical knowledge, but uh, it, it, it's not there yet. Uh, artificial intelligence is not there yet to gauge emotion and, and understand what's happening with the child at the emotional level, which I mentioned earlier is, is very important as part of effective education. Um, so where we invest in technology is more around making it easier for our instructors to focus on the education, um, making it easier to access the tools that they need, to access the materials that they need, so they can just entirely concentrate on the child in, in working with the child. Um, our technology investments focus on making the business administration easier, streamlining our processes, and going back to teaching, helping our franchisees and their people focus and pay, spend more of their time focused on teaching rather than um, various administrative business needs. All those things are important. They need to take place. But where we can insert technology to make those things more streamlined and easier for our franchisees, where we can use technology to make the businesses more scalable for our, for our multi-unit operators, um, we do. And that's where we invest heavily. But the whole idea here is let's make everything else efficient and as easy as we can so that there can be that human focus and that human energy is put into teaching and working with the children and helping the children. Um, so that's where, that's how we use technology and that's where our investments in technology go. We're, we're a strong believer in technology. 
I'm a believer of technology where it matters and not as a fad and not as something that just looks attractive. It's, it's gotta be practical and truly beneficial. Um, and it's not, like I said, we're, we're not a believer of software teaching kids. We're a believer of people teaching children, but using technology to make everything else easier. Yeah. I think that that's what technology is all about, right? Is being able, is ensuring that it's making everybody's life easier. And I think that you guys have certainly done that in spades. And so I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. Cause I think that, you know, this year is still going to bring some um, pretty wild challenges. And so I think that there is, um, I, I, I would have to assume that there is going to be further innovation that is required for the entire franchise space and not just children's education. So I'm excited to see, yeah. you know, where that may go. And I think that that really, um, brings me to my final question for you, which is about, you know, the major plans you guys have for 2021. I know that if I asked this last year, um, at this time, you know, we would have had all these grand extravagant plans, but of course, most of that did not get done. So, um, talk a bit about some of the things you guys have planned for this year that you're really excited about. Yeah, to your point, you know, if you asked me a year ago today, um, I would have talked about a set of plans that ended up having to be uh, reprioritized just two months later. Um, so certainly uh, accelerating, accelerating our deployment of our online delivery platform took a much, much higher priority. But our plans did not get totally upended. We, we did reprioritize and the timing on certain projects shifted, but we, uh, we didn't drop anything. Um, all of the things that we had set out to do are either done or um, will be done. Like I said, timing changed a little bit. We've got a number of projects that I'm very, very excited about here this year. Um, a few that will truly be transformative and will, uh, will definitely justify having press releases. So um, for now, I need to keep them close to my chest and, um, and I'm looking forward to being able to announce those soon. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing what you guys have on the horizon. And I will, of course, considering it is my industry, I will be keeping, I will be keeping abreast in terms of those press releases. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the brand and what you guys have uh, under your hat for the future. And uh, I really yep. appreciate the time that you've given us today. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the brand grow and hopefully I'm continuing uh, the good work that you guys have been doing in your local communities. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, of course, well, folks, if you guys want to listen to more episodes like this, uh, please go to Modern Business anywhere that you listen to podcasts and press that subscribe button. If you have questions on how to do that, Ryan and I are more than happy to help. Um, and uh, I really, really appreciate you all listening to yet another episode. Um, and, uh, and, and Shant, I really appreciate you coming on the episode as well. Absolutely. Thanks again, everybody. And cheers.